The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. Second Kings chapter 13 this morning. 2 Kings 13. Take your Bible. This won't be long and drawn out. It'll be to the point, but it has a point. That's an important point. 2 Kings chapter 13. We're going to begin reading in verse 14 this morning. We're going to read about Elisha. Remember Elisha? I love Elisha. I, I don't know. Any time I even start thinking about Elisha, I think, man, what a man of God. Now, this is really not what I was going to preach, but I think it sets the table for what kind of person Elisha was. Elisha met the prophet Elijah. And when he met him, the Bible says he was plowing a field. And he, as he plowed the field, the, 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 the prophet Elijah walked through his field and threw his mantle on him. The mantle is the anointing, the, the spirit that he has to operate in his gift as a prophet. And he tossed it, he just threw his mantle on Elisha. And he's, plow, he's got a bunch of oxen there and he's just plowing a field. How many know that Jesus is able to interrupt your life? He might, he might come by your field this morning and toss a mantle on you. That, something you never had before. Well, Elisha probably thought like we do. Well, I thought I was just going to be a farmer the rest of my life. I thought I was just going to be walking behind an oxen that was plowing a field. Nothing wrong with that. That's not a bad job. That's a, a, a credible job. And an important job, but man, there was a higher calling that Elisha had. I want to say to some people this morning, I want you to know you're more than just a whatever you're just a whatever you just are. There, there's more in you, and I believe the Holy Spirit in some way. Now, he, I don't want I don't want uh, uh, to meet with. You know, I don't want a bunch of appointments calling my office saying I want to meet with the pastor because I think I'm supposed to be a prophet. Now, I don't want a bunch of appointments and everybody's going to turn into Elisha here today. I'll, all I'm saying is what you are going to do, you're going to get a mantle that's going to fall on you to get you out of that mindset that I'm just a. That's all I am. Well, I'm not much. You know, I don't, I really don't. I don't believe that the fivefold ministry, the, the pastor, the, the prophet, the apostle, evangelist, and teacher, that they're, they're more important than the rest of the church. We're all important. Huh? We're all important. The ministry of helps. The people that clean this church are as important as this pastor is. The people that are working in the nursery this morning and in the ministry are as important as the pastor is today. No matter what you're called to do, it's a high calling, man. And, but, but, you know, I think you, I think we, there's nothing wrong with being a farmer just as long as you know that that's not all you are. That's what he's telling him. And so he throws that mantle on Elisha and 
The Bible says that Elisha was so moved by that. There was something in that calling, in that, in that mantle. It so moved him, the Bible says that he rose up and he killed the oxen and, and set them on fire with all the, the, the equipment, the yoke, the wooden yoke and the, he, and he, and he burned everything because he, once he got that calling, he wasn't going to go back to being anything and he wanted to make sure he wasn't going to be able to go back. So he killed the oxen and, and burned them. Some of us need, in order to go ahead, you need to burn some oxen in your life and burn some things and, and kill some things in, in your life that are getting you all too busy with all this and all that. You need to kill some things. Somebody say amen. And, and Elisha, you know the story, he started following the man of God, Elijah. And he followed him, and Elijah said to him, now you, one time he said, now you stay here. He said, I'm, you stay right here. I know you've been following me, and it's obvious you want something from me, but uh, you just stay here. I'm going to go on down here. I, I'm, I'm going to go to the first place I think he went was Gilgal. Gilgal means the place of the wheel. I call it the place that things get started. Elijah went down to Gilgal. And Elisha, this is the kind of spirit. This, is, this has to do with what I'm going to preach here. We're going to read these scriptures. Elisha, Elisha said, well, excuse me, sir, but if you're going to Gilgal, guess what? I'm going to Gilgal. You know why? Because I've, I've already burned my oxen. I can't go back to what I used to do i got to have what I'm after. I'm going to get what I'm after this morning. And, and so I can't go back. I can't, I can't just stay here. I'm not going to stay here. Wherever you go, I'm going to go with you. And he went down to Gilgal. And there was four different places where he went. The last place that he went, he said, you, and every place he would tell him, you stay here. And, and Elisha never did listen to him. Some of you are listening to, well, you're just a such and so, so you, you just stay here. No, I'm not staying here. Isn't it disrespectful to disobey the man of God? He didn't, he didn't give him a thus saith the Lord stay here. He just, he gave him a stay here. And what he was really doing was finding out how bad the man wanted what he had. Some of us got to get a little more desperate than we are this morning. In order to get the breakthrough you need, you got you to gotta press in a little harder. You got to slay those oxen that are in your past or anything that's distracting you <clears throat> from your calling. And you got to press forward. Can I hear amen? And the last place he went, he said, okay, I'm going now to Jordan. And he said, stay here. And, and, and Elijah, Elisha said, if you're going to Jordan, I'm going to Jordan. Jordan represented that old muddy river. That old muddy river. Huh? Where Naaman had to go. When Naaman had leprosy. 
And, and, and Naaman was a captain in the Syrian army and he wanted his healing from his leprosy. And the prophet of God told him, go down to, go down to the river and, and, and dip seven times in that river. Huh? Sometimes when people hear that's where Elijah is going, they don't want to go to Jordan. People don't want to go and, and dip in an old muddy, I didn't know it was going to take that. I'll tell you what, I'm so desperate today, I don't care what it takes. I don't, how, I don't care how much it costs. I don't care if I got to die to myself. If I got to dip in the muddy Jordan seven times or 70 times, I'm desperate enough today that I came to get something from God. And so he went down to Jordan. And you know, this is, this is all an introduction to Elisha. And he went down to get, get something. He, he, he was getting something from the man of God. They go down to Jordan. And then the Bible says, and then they, it said, and though they too went on. I want to make sure that wherever Jesus goes, I'm going, I'm going with him. I'm going on. Huh? It's amazing. If you live long enough, you know, there, there's been a whole lot of people around me that's been walking, walking, following the Lord. But man, sometimes the crowd starts thinning out because some people stay at Bethel. Some people stay at Gilgal. Some people won't go down to Jordan. I'll tell you, I'm going on. I'm gonna, I made up my mind. I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to keep marching. I don't care if everybody, I don't care if I'm marching by myself. I'm going to go get what I need because I'm a desperate Christian this morning. I'm going to get it. Elisha really wanted something. The question is today, how bad do you want what you need? How desperate are you for a touch from God? How desperate are you to get out of that depression, get out of that sickness, get out of that fear, get out of that bondage? You've got to get desperate today. And desperate people do desperate things. I don't care if I got to kill my oxen and follow an old prophet of God around and I don't care where he's going and I don't know where he's going. I'm going to go with him because I need something in my life today. Shout out loud, I need something. I need something in my life this morning. And the Bible says, and they too went on after those four places, those four places that Elijah went and Elisha followed him all the way through. The Bible says, and the next few verses says, and all of a sudden, Elijah looked up and here came the chariot of God coming from heaven. The they looked up and said, the chariot of God and the horsemen of thereof. And Elisha, Elijah said, had told him, told Elisha, I know you're after something. And he said, he finally said, now look, you've been following me around all this time. What do you want? Well, he, I'm, I'm glad he didn't say, well, give me a week to pray about it. He knew exactly what he wanted. He said, I want a double portion. He's my kind of guy. I don't want a portion. 
I want a double portion. That's how desperate I am. I, I need a double portion. You know, that's a powerful thing to say because what he was saying was, what, I've seen you, Elijah. I've seen what you've done. I've seen you work. And I don't want what you have. Hope I didn't misrepresent myself. I want double what you have. I, I want double. I, I mean, I want, I want what the Elijah anointing squared, man. I want, the, I want a double blessing. And Elijah said these words to him. He said, here's the way this works. If you see me when the horsemen come for me and the chariots come, then you can have it. You know what, you know what I think that there's some interpretation in there? I think what Elijah was saying was, man, come on, man, you're almost there. St don't, don't, don't get this close and then miss it. You stay with me all the way to the end, all the way through until that, until those horses and that chariot comes for me. Stay with me. Don't, don't go, don't back up now. I'm, I'm prophesying to somebody. I'm speaking by the Holy Ghost to, to some people this morning saying it's not time to back up, give up. It's, it's not time to come to church less. It's come to church more. It's not time to come to the altar, you know, a little bit like you used to. It's, it's time to come and, and knock on heaven's door until you get what you got. He said, if you see me when the horsemen come for me, you can have that double anointing. And all of a sudden, the Bible says those chariots came. And, and you know, Elijah and Elisha were so close I, think, I don't think Elisha was following way behind Elijah wherever he went. I think he was right up on him. I think he was right there. I think he was so close that when those chariots and the horses came that they had to knock them apart because, you know, it's like the Lord had to say, I'm coming for him, not you yet. But as Elijah was going up in that chariot, he reached out. And he dropped his mantle, and that mantle fell upon Elisha. And you know, it's, you, you've heard this said, and it's true. Elisha wanted a double portion, and the Bible records that he did double the amount of recorded miracles that Elijah did. This guy started out as just a farmer. But he ended up doing twice as many recorded miracles as the man Elijah. Now, so there you go. You're set up for Elisha now. Because this is the end of his life. And I think you got to know that to get this. You ready for this? Now, Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness. Just so you... So we make sure that everybody's straight on this. Elijah wasn't like 28 years old when this happened. Elijah, the commentators say he was, he was maybe 85, 90 years old during this. So he was, you know, he, and Elisha is going to, he's going to die like we're going to die. I'm not going to die sick. I'm just going to die finished. When I get done, I'm out of here. I don't want to stay here in this old world if I'm done. But I'm not done yet. 
Huh? Elijah was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down over him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he, the, same, the same thing that came for Elijah, the same thing that came for Elijah is now coming for him. Ha! <laughs> and Elisha said unto him, here's what you ought to do. Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha, look here now, he put his hands upon the king's hands. Elisha learned that from Elijah. What, what Elijah had, he transferred that through that mantle and put it on Elijah. And now Elisha is, now Elisha is there and he's, he's getting ready to go in those same chariots and horsemen. He's at the end of his life. And the man of God, Elisha, says to him, take a bow, get some arrows. Here's how I'm going to go out of here. I'm going, I'm going to get out of here telling somebody how to, how to get victory, how to fight, how to overcome. That's how I'm going to die. This is my last message. Take some bow and arrows. And it said he took the bow and, he, and, and Elisha reached up and just like Elijah threw his mantle on Elisha, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands as he held that bow so that there would be a transfer of anointing. So in reality, I, I, can, I think we can boldly say Elisha operated in the power of God that he got from Elijah. And so the king now is still Elijah's power that's flowing, flowed from Elijah, flowed down, praise God, into Elisha. And now Elisha's taking it and laying his hands on the king's hand. In other words, you're not going to fight like, like, like you used to fight. There's going to be a new fight in you. There's going to be a new accuracy to what you're doing. There's going to be something brand new coming on the inside of you. You know, last night at about 6 o'clock, me and my, my clan, we found out that Aaron is pregnant with little TJ. We got us a boy coming. And I really believe this. I prayed last night. I said, God, any anointing that I've ever got from anybody, any, any anointing I've ever got from Kenneth Hagin, Brother Copeland, Oral Roberts, I don't care who it is, any anointing under any great preacher that I've ever known, sat under my pastor, Dr. Mark Barclay, any of that anointing, I believe I receive it and then some. But I've laid my hands on, on, my, on my girls and on my grandbabies, praise God. And now I've got one more coming. And I believe there'll be a transfer of the anointing that's going to come on, come on this baby that's growing inside that little girl's belly up there. Amen. And that, that's by the Spirit of God that whatever I've been able to accomplish in my life, that my girls and my grandbabies aren't going to do what I did. They're going to do double what I did at least. 
And this grandbaby here, this grandson here is going to do something big for the glory of God because all of the glory and the power of an inheritance and, and an inherited anointing is coming down on the inside of that grandson. Praise God forevermore. Watch what he said now. So he puts his hands on the king's hands, verse 17 now, and he said, open the window eastward. Some of you are trying to, trying to shoot, the window's still closed. I mean it, man. Somebody needs to open the window. That's about all the fight you got from here to the window. Man, you need to open the window. I read that the other day, and I promised the Holy Spirit jumped in me and said, the reason you need to open the window is because your influence is going to go out, going to go out and going to go beyond your little scope that you're in right now. Shout, I'm going to open my window. You need to open your window. <laughs> yeah. He said, open the window eastward. He opened it. And then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. Some of you, you got to open the window before you shoot. And then he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. In other words, these arrows represent the Lord's deliverance. And, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, and you will smite the Assyrians in Aphek, now watch now, till you have consumed them. Now some of us have been in a battle, but all we've done is wounded a bunch of our enemies. Now we're going to fight... He, he said, we're trying to get you to the place where you fight until you consume your enemies. Until you completely destroy those enemies. And he said, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel. Now here, this is, here you go now. He said, told the king of Israel, smite the, he's talking about those arrows. He's got them in his hand. He said, smite upon the ground. And he smote three times, and then he stopped. Let's see if that was all right with the man of God. Now, you, wait. Now, you're talking about Elisha that, that wouldn't listen to the man of God, Elijah, when he told him, stay here. In other words, you can't go with him. You got to know. That, that's how Elisha got this double anointing in his life that's carried him all the way up these 85 and 90 years. Not, not, by, not just by staying in, the, in bounds here, man. Huh? No. He, the, the Bible says the king, he, he told the king smite the ground. Now, he didn't tell the king how many times to smite the ground. Because it's not up to the king how many times he smites the ground. He said, and so he smote it three times. Now watch. But, and look now. And the, but the man, verse 19, but the man of God was wroth or angry. Oh, wait a minute. I did what you told me to do. And said, you should have. Now, those, those are words that Pastor Crabb never wants to hear in my life from Jesus. You should have. 
if you, if you would have. No. He said unto the king of Israel, told him to smite the ground. The man of God was wroth. Verse 19, it said, you should have smitten the ground five or six times because then, then, if you would have done it, done more than you've done so far, if you'd have done more than just the average guy does, if you, if you did more than be a church member, if, if you would have done more, if you would have smitten the ground five or six times, look what he said, then you would have smitten Syria until you consumed it, whereas now you shall smite Syria only three times. Now here's my problem with only smiting Syria three times. What are you going to do when the fourth time comes? What are you going to do if you only smite them three different times? In other words, you have some victory for some period of time. But what are you going to do when the... When, because because Elijah, Elisha told him, man... This is the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. If you listen to me, you'll be able to consume these, Assyrian, these Syrians completely. And they can't come back the fourth time. But in order to do that, you've got to take your arrows and you've got to smite them on the ground. One, two, three. That's, that's where most people stop. Well, a lot of people stop it. They, they won't even smite. Some of them smite at one. Some of them smite twice. Some people smite three times. But Elisha was looking for somebody, and so am I. I'm looking for somebody that will take their arrows, the thing that God has put in your hands. And I want you, to, I'm, I'm telling you, God's calling people to stand up Get out of the same old, same old. Don't do what everybody else does. Don't do what's average. Don't do just the minimum requirements. I'm telling you, God's calling us to smite those arrows on the ground five or six times. Or I, I think God would have been all right if he'd have smitten it seven times and eight times and nine times. I'm going to keep smiting until I get my miracle. I'm going to keep smiting the ground because I need total deliverance. I need deliverance from the hand of, the, of my captors. I need deliverance from my bondage. I need deliverance from this death sentence that's over me. Well, who's it up to? God? No, it's up to the guy that's got the arrows. It's up to us. And it all depends on how much fight you got in you. I'm some, I, You know, it's amazing how people will keep putting up with stuff. I prophesy today that everybody that I pastor will get fed up. Shout, I'm getting fed up. You'll get fed up with staying where you are. You'll get fed up with staying where you've been. You'll get fed up with the amount of money you got. You'll get fed up with the amount of strength you got. You'll get fed up with your marriage. You'll get fed up with your relationships. And you'll get fed up and you'll start smiting the ground like you've never smitten the ground before. I have decided this morning that the, a new spirit is going to come into our house and God 
is going to take us and strengthen us by the glory of God. Now I know it's it's kind of an illustration of what the man of God did, but I want I, I'm going to ask you today. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. Everybody here is in some kind of battle. Personally, I'd rather you win that battle. I'd rather you live than die. Jesus said it this way, didn't he? He said, man, you are, you have cooled off. You're lukewarm. I'd rather you were be cold or hot. But because you're lukewarm, you're not going to win. I want to thank God today that we are smiting the ground five or six times. Are you ready? We're going to smite the ground. This, come on, you need this, man. Somebody needs this. I don't know if you're one of the somebodies that needed this word today, but, but I'm giving it to you. When I say three, we're going to take our arrows. Now remember, he told him, if you do, what, if you do this right, you will consume those Syrians. Some of you have been carrying, dealing with this junk in your life for years and years and years. You've carried it with you since you were a child. But today, we're going to smite the crown. We're going to take our arrows and we're going to smite the ground with a new determination. And we're going to go all the way for the glory of God. We're going to make up our mind. I can't no more business as usual for Pastor Crab and the saints at Imago Day. Are you ready? We're going to smite the ground. And we're going to smite until we get victory. Are you ready? When I say three, let's do it. Ready? One, two, three. Come on. Smite the ground and shout a little bit. Come on. Come on, smite the ground. How much are you smiting the ground? How fed up are you? Come on, smite that ground. Smite that ground. Smite that ground. Smite that ground. Smite the arrows on the ground. This is your deliverance. This is your freedom. This is your breakthrough. This is your victory. I'm going to consume my enemies this morning by the grace of God, for the glory of God. Woo! We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodaysensi.com. I M A G O. D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com.